Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week here on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show, talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market like we are every Sunday at 10 o'clock. I'm Andrew Duncan, the Duncan Duo team at REMAX, joined by Josh Goodwin with Goodwin Mortgage Group. And again, when we aren't on air, follow us at the Duncan Duo, Instagram, uh, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, but not Snapchat. I used to make that mistake because we had a Snapchat account. And my marketing guy was like, dude, no one uses Snapchat except if they're dating or sending pictures they don't want anyone to see. I was like, all right, I'm done then. So I won't mention Snapchat anymore, but I just did. So anyway, we're going to talk today about new school versus old school when it comes to real estate. And it's interesting because I think that um, you know the real estate market has changed a lot. There's a lot of new technology. There's a lot of... Um, you know things coming to the market that that have you know said that they're going to revolutionize and change the real estate industry forever. There's new companies that came in the last few years that said everything was going to change, and the majority of those companies still haven't turned a profit yet. Most or of them out of business. What's that? Or, or out, out of business. business. And most of them, their their profits and stock values have tanked. Um, but new school versus old school is interesting because. Um, you always have you always want to evolve in an industry, but there are some things that are just um, you know natural that are always going to work in real estate, and one of those is relationships. Like you've got to build relationships, and I think the last few years with technology, with the advent of some of these you know large conglomerate companies that want to use technology and AI, we've almost attempted to automate ourselves out of relationships. It's amazing to me that like still the most effective thing you can do to make your client happy in real estate is have a phone conversation. Yeah. Is talk to them. Be right? real, be a person. Exactly. And and so it it made me think of on the way here I was I was kind of thinking about topics for today and I thought this is a, a like a really cool spot to bring you in on because there are a lot of mortgage lenders that force everyone into like an app or a technology or a website to take in an application because um, it's probably maybe it's easier for them. Maybe they don't want to talk to people, or maybe uh, they think that's what consumers want. And and what I think is what consumers want is to be able to get a mortgage, have a smooth process, and qualify. And the problem with the online applications, which is kind of new school, is that you're relying on the person to tell you the truth and and accurately. And and they may not even understand or know the truth accurately. Like how often. Does that happen? And so you guys take phone applications on the regular because you want to drill down and make sure to prevent the problems that normally happen in a real estate mortgage or closing, which is much different than a lot of people in the industry. So it's kind of that old school versus new school. Yeah. So I got into the business when I graduated college in 2013, and that's when online applications were really being a push. And I remember some of my managers told me, and I thought it was comical, and they're like, you know, be more efficient, do online applications. That's how you get more business. Of course, I tried it, and then I realized pretty quickly in my career that, you know, how I was brought up, my mom was Wall Street, Goldman Sachs, um, dad was a business owner, and I was raised a certain way. You look people in the eye, you shake their hand, right? Yeah. So Old school versus the new school. The old school versus, way of doing yeah. business, That's you did that just because that was the right thing to do. Right. So what I think is going to happen and what I'm noticing is as time progresses, when I say, hey, um, one of my staff is going to call you to do this application over the phone. What? Really? Yeah. You know, I it's going to differentiate I, you. Correct. And it does already, yeah. but years to come from now with how you run your office, yeah. how I do mine, it's 
we're going to go light years ahead just because of an old school tactic. Yeah. People, people want to feel abandoned. For yeah. Correct. People will be. And not just that, but l- let's face it, like qualifying and going through the mortgage process can feel, um, you know, cumbersome and, you know, invasive. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of questions. And, and, and I think what a lot of people don't understand is they don't understand what their income is versus what they report their income to be. Correct. They don't understand how much their commission is versus how much their salary is. Mm-hmm. They, they they oftentimes put the wrong information about how long they've been at a job. They don't pull up their documents to fill out their application. No, and the average loan officer doesn't double check that right. when it and comes so, online. So the, those are the things that give real estate a bad name. Yeah. We take an online application, we go through the process, and then then there's all kinds of hoops in the closing because the person didn't know their own stuff. Correct. And, and let's face it, most people today don't have a solid understanding of their financial situation. They just no. don't. I mean, it, it, it's the reality of it. So when they're filling out that application, they think they know certain information and then it's wrong or they haven't looked at their credit. You know, they, they don't know that. Yeah, and, that's and always you, a good you, one. Yeah. You ask them questions and, oh yeah, my score is 720 and they looked at it two years ago and now it's 640. Correct. And so so again, that, that phone application takes it to another level and, and you can you can basically... Um, get through, you can fix a lot of problems. And it isn't if you can't allow people to online apply, but what happens at a lot of mortgage companies, and it's why a lot of mortgages don't close, you know, they quote these amazing interest rates, you go online, you fill out the online quote, and then they start processing, moving you forward. They don't even have a conversation with you. Yep. And then guess what happens? You've spent money on an inspection, you've spent money going through this process, and then all of a sudden, oh, well, you told us this on the application, but it's actually, now that we're looking at your documents, it's this. Well, a phone conversation would have prevented all that. Correct. And so... It's it's again. It's kind of old school versus new school. We today do a lot of really new school things, but the number one most important thing in our business is building relationships with yeah. people, having conversations, talking to them on the phone, calling them back timely, um, and and so when you look at the real estate business, we can evolve with technology and we can bring in some new school tactics, but buying a house can't be automated like buying, you know, a comforter on Amazon. You know, it's it's just it's a it's a very cumbersome process because every house is different. You know, I have people say, oh, well, somebody's going to come be the Carvana of real estate. Okay, well, g- good luck with the 1920s bungalow in Similar Heights on that, buddy. Yeah, correct. You in know, the like historic houses districts. are too different. They need too many things. It's just, you can't automate it. Too, it's too complex. The financing part of it is too complex. I, I will say this much, though. I do think a- an old school tactic in the car dealership industry is going is starting to weave its way into real estate. So we can have all this cool technology and all this, but people still do want convenience, right? Um, but you can't just click a button and 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 make it happen. What I do think we're starting to see, and this is the pivot I've made in my business, I buy a lot more houses now than I used to. I've always done the guaranteed sale and the instant cash offers and and you know and I'll buy I'll buy homes every month but now I'm buying a lot more because people want that convenience and what I think is eventually going to happen I think the most successful real estate brokers and teams are going to start to operate closer to car dealerships when it comes to someone trading in their house. Mm. In other words, they're going to come, you're going to have to provide funding, right? And you're going to say, "You know what, Mr. Buyer?" And we do this now. I'll buy your house so that you can go buy another, right? So, or, or I'll guarantee your home sold, or I'll fund you the money 
yeah. so that you can go out and buy, and then you pay me off when your home sells. So we do all those creative things now with people, and and I think that's the wave of the future. I think the most successful teams are, are going to morph into that because people want that convenience. Some of these large hedge funds have come out, and now – I mean, when they were offering like really close to asking prices that made sense, you know, when some of them were giving these cash offers that were like, why, how could I turn this down now? Because the market is softened. Uh, th- those aren't lower. the same numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Th- those numbers are coming in a lot lower to where, okay, I should sell traditionally. But I think eventually that gap between retail and kind of trading is going to shrink more. And I think more and more successful real estate teams are going to operate like mine, where you're going to allow people to say, you know what, I want to sell and buy, but I don't want to sell my house till I find what I buy. You know, it's just like if, like we were talking cars, you, you got, you know, I got a ton of cars, right? You've got some cool cars. And if I go to a car dealership and I want to buy a car, but I have to sell mine first, they'll, they'll take it off my hands. Correct. Now they're going to give a little bit of a margin. If I were to go sell that myself, I'd make a little bit more money, but I'd have to do all the steps and the process and I couldn't have the convenience, right? Yeah. So I think that's coming to real estate. And I think it's an old school you know, reality of like the car dealership world that I think is starting to morph into real estate. That's one thing that I think is kind of a blend between new school and old school that I think is coming to real estate for sure. That's an interesting point. I mean, if you have the reserves, why not? You know, the house that they're selling is worth it. It's in a hot neighborhood. You're not going to do right. it on a dumpy house. Right. Right. Or if you do it on a dumpy house, you're going to do it at, a, at a, real, a much lower percentage. You need to give more margin. Like I look, I buy, I buy terrible houses sometimes. <laughs> like I buy stuff that is just, I mean, I bought one recently that smelled like seven cats had never stopped going to the bathroom in it. You know, like I, I buy some ugly stuff sometimes, but again, you're going to buy it at a price where you can, you know, make money. I mean, we're not, we're not buying real estate to lose money. You've got to buy it so that you can fix it up and either rent it or fix it up and, and resell it. So we're honest with people. We say, look, here's what we can give you in like a cash offer, a quick type situation. Here's what we can buy your house for so you can go buy ours. Um, or you can sell traditionally and and then, you know, we've got to kind of tie those things together. So And I like that you do that. And I'm sure a lot of people you get, you know, a little bit of heat over it sometimes like, oh, you're taking advantage of someone. No, you're giving them the option. Correct. Because and here's letting the reality. Know. Someone else, there are wholesalers out there that are that are lowballing people. There are hedge fund, you know, the the Blackstones of the world that have all these conglomerates that are buying homes below retail value. There's plenty of people doing it. I'm just a local guy in a local face doing it. And we give them the options. Yep. Most of those companies don't. They don't Most of those companies option. are going to come in and say, hey, look, we'll give you 170 for your $200,000 house. You know, and and we'll say the same thing. Hey, look, we'll give you one seventy, maybe one eighty, depending on where the numbers line up for your two hundred thousand dollars house. Or here's the process for if you sell it traditionally, yeah. and here's the timeline, and here's the expectation based on the inventory, supply and demand curve, and all these things. So, I do think, like I said, I think that's coming. I think the trade in concept is is starting to evolve in real estate, and it's not really new school. So it's a pretty old school thing that I think is just morphing into the real estate business. So I think a couple of other, like, you know, the whole idea of AI, um, I think is going to be super effective in certain areas of real estate, certain areas, descriptions, correct. But, but I, but I think it's important that people not automate themselves out of relationships. People still want to deal with a human. Uh, and look, if technology could do what we do, then Zillow wouldn't have lost billions of dollars. I was going to say I mean, they have all the technology in the world. They have they spent millions and millions on programmers, developers, and coders, and they got their you know what handed to them, you know, billions of dollars lost buying and selling homes. Yeah. It, it just you still have to have the human elements. They so. tried to create the and like you said about Seminole Heights, 
a big company that's not local real estate's local. Can't understand that. You can't. They can't. They can't get it. So anyway, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. We'll be back after a quick break, continuing our conversation about the Tampa Bay real estate market. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show, talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo team with Josh Goodwin from Goodwin Mortgage Group. And so we've been talking new school and old school when it comes to the real estate market. And you know, one thing that I think is relatively uh, new school um, that's coming to our real estate market that still requires an old school approach, but but is people's ability to be transient and kind of live anywhere and still run and operate their business. COVID kind of proved the concept that some people, some businesses can be operated remotely via Zoom. Now, does that mean it's the most effective way? In my opinion, no. Same. I have a lot of friends that run real estate companies that have stayed in that whole COVID model where they're Zooming everything and nobody comes to the office and everybody works from home. And you know what I think about what happens when people work from home? They play what I call Fapolito. Fapolito <laughs> is basically, they sit at Explain. home, they watch the view, they do their laundry, they you know kick around the house. They might make a call or two. They get distracted. They take the dog for a walk. They, you know, like I don't believe most people. Now some people can. Okay, some people are really internally driven and motivated, but I don't believe most people are as effective at home as they are in a workplace environment. But from a CEO level, from somebody that's just looking at strategy and data and doesn't have to manage as many people, there are a lot of business owners that own and run multiple companies that have developed a system and a plan to where they can work from anywhere. Now, does that mean the average consumer is, is, is um, you know, decisive and committed and diligent enough to do that? No. But there are people that can. So real estate has started to see this idea where people are, are um, you know, moving and, and living anywhere. The other thing that I think is relatively new school, but also kind of old school, too. Um, you know, it's always been said, like, that you shouldn't talk about politics and religion, right? That you, you avoid talking about those topics, right? And so they're polarizing topics. Like, I mean, you, you get into arguments with people. And, and, and people have always been motivated by their pol- politics or their religious beliefs with their money and with their life. But new school to me is how much more um, the the political side of things plays a role in where people choose to live. I don't believe it, it, it was this. It's been that. Um, I don't believe it's been that prominent until recently. We, we pull and ask people why they're moving to Florida. And a lot of them state political reasons, Ron DeSantis, state income taxes, all of these things while they're moving from these other states. And so I don't believe it's it's ever, it's been like that at this level ever in my entire career. However, does it motivate people? Has it always motivated people? Yes, but is it has it really motivated people to move as much as they're moving now? I agree with that, and I I think to add to that, it hasn't been people haven't been as open about it. Right, they'll tell you now. I, right? I like to hear like and even even on the news, like when you see, yeah. I've never seen so many people talk about politics so openly. Right, like I'm doing this because of this. Right. And I'm yep. like, yeah, I, I'm noticing it too. A lot of our buyers, you know, they'll come out and just say it. I don't even have to ask the question. Yeah, we love we love your governor. Right. We're, we're coming to Florida. We're coming to Florida. <laughs> we don't want to pay state income taxes. We're, we like freedom. We like we not like being tied up year if round. there's another, yeah. you know, pandemic or whatever. So, so, um, so regardless, 
it, it is, you know, something they're old school values, um, but it's kind of a new school way of thinking. Um, the same thing goes with like cancel culture, which I will tell you, I think is a little out of hand, uh, but I get it. People, people today are spending their money way more um, aligned with their belief system. Mm-hmm. If something comes out and doesn't align with their belief system, they don't spend money on it. 10 years ago, if if somebody came out with some hot take, uh, you you just wouldn't see people cancel drinking Bud Light or going to Target. You you just you just didn't see it, right? Mm-hmm. Like those companies have always had those belief the, the belief systems like that. Those companies have always supported things like that, but it, it, it travels so fast with social media today, and every little thing a company does can get found and nitpicked, and and it really has evolved into consumers taking those old school values and putting a new school spin on it, which is we're not spending our money with something that doesn't align with us. So I'm still of the opinion that you know it, it it's a little over the top. It's too much sometimes because. Like, man, I feel like I have to spend an hour researching buying a comforter on Amazon (laughs) to decide what the company's political belief system is. It's like, dude, I just want to click a button and get a comforter. I don't need to know who the owner of the company voted for, you know, but but it really has. And 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 so it's it's interesting to see that. But it but it's it's dominate. It dominates the conversation so often. And I think, again, new school, old school, how, you know, it's old school values, but it's kind of a new school spin on it, which is, um, you know, uh, people not going to drink certain beers because they do dumb things or they're not going to go to Target because they put something, you know, front and center that, uh, you know, obviously offends a lot of people. Um, and, and so I think it's, it, it is definitely something that's more new school, but it's an old school value. And I think it's bringing people here. You know, like you said, the whole like I love your governor, I love your state's politics, I love the no income tax, I love, I love you know freedom. Yep. And and that, you know, kind of the idea of freedom is a you know, I mean, it's a couple hundred year old thing for America. You know, a few hundred year old thing now. So, the the reality is is that it's there's a new school spin on that that's bringing people you know to Florida. Yeah. Um. And so anyway, that's been our new school versus old school segment. Um, when we aren't on air, make sure to follow us on all of our socials at the Duncan Duo. If you want to get a home value estimate, uh, DuncanDuo.com. Super easy, you know, quick form to fill out. You get a monthly report about your home's value. You get the ability within there to click for a cash offer um, and and to you know kind of stay up to date on what's going on in the market, what's going on in your neighborhood. Um, and we add the human element to it. Like I mentioned before. You know, new school versus old school. We're going to provide you the tech stack to do some of this cool stuff. But you have an agent at my company assigned to you that can go in to make updates to your home's value and and its its condition and different things. So again, you can do that at DuncanDuo.com. Get your home value estimate. We're going to be back. Continue our conversation after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. We're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. Article came out this week. The <laughs> the ten most family friendly cities. And I, I just have to say, like, I'm going to read off this list, and and I really am baffled by who came up with this. That list. could even write that. That could even write yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, who is, like, the, have you actually visited? Like, talk about narrative, right? Yeah. Yeah. So here, here it is. Like, what is this? Like, clearly, this was somebody um, that wanted to tell people how amazing... Um, you know the the uh, 
liberal cities are. Yeah. Fremont, California, number one on the list, uh, which is in the San Francisco Bay Area. Okay, it's in the Bay Area. Overland Park, Kansas, number two. Irvine, California. Orange County, California, number three. Plano, Texas. South Burlington, Vermont. San Diego, California. San Jose, California. Scottsdale, Arizona. Gilbert, Arizona. And San Francisco, California. Notice the theme there. Everything except like two of the cities are on the West Coast. Yeah. Right. People are leaving all of these places. Yep. Population is flocking from them. If it's so family friendly, then why are so many families leaving those areas? And then look, I've spent time in San Francisco. Telling me that that's a family friendly city is is laughable. Yeah. Like I'm sorry, it's laughable. And and look, I'm a I'm a Golden State Warriors fan. I'm a big basketball fan. I, I've gone there plenty of times. Like, you know, I like visiting their city, but telling me. The, 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 that city with that much homelessness and how dirty it is, is family friendly, is, is the most laughable thing. Not a single Florida city on here. Uh, the professors clearly that came up with this list um, are, are did not even consider, um, you know, truth. population growth, truth. Yeah, th- this is funny. Like, seriously. Uh, all the five California cities that are all losing population like crazy. If they were so family friendly, why are people leaving? Yeah, I saw. I saw some. I haven't been to California in a couple of years. I, last time I went, I was in San Diego, in La Jolla. Right, it's beautiful. Um, I saw some videos of San Francisco recently, and it is night and day difference of what it was even a couple of years ago to now. It is certainly not a not a family friendly place with. The amount of restaurants closing down, businesses no. closing down, homelessness, crime. I mean, it's it's wild. Yeah, so it's it, it's it's crazy because you know, like when an article like that comes out, to me it feels like propaganda. Like it, it legitimately feels like propaganda. Like really, like if you um, had an objective, legitimate uh, list. And maybe sprinkled in a little bit of of the West Coast. Then maybe, okay, I'd look at it. But you're telling me five out of the ten best cities for families are in California and people are leaving there in droves. To me, that feels like a political, you know, a political ploy to make people think those cities are great. Like, I want to know who paid these people to write this article because it's it's really laughable. Like no Florida cities on there. No no. I mean, it, literally no nothing in the South. Not a single city in the South that's gaining population like crazy is on the best places for families. For families, I mean, for families, you got to be kidding me. Wilmington Beach, North Carolina, awesome, family friendly, great little surf town. Uh, nothing Not on in there. South Burlington, Vermont made the list. Uh, Arizona, all Arizona, California, Plano, Texas, Overland Park, Kansas. Like literally, it's laughable. Like, yeah. come on, like do better. Like, yep. really do better. Like, and I'm not expecting it to be like ten cities that are like conservative cities, but but come on, you cannot tell me that cities that are losing po- that people are leaving in droves. Like, I've been to th- some of these cities, and some of them are nice. I'm not gonna lie, Scottsdale's I mean, nice. Yeah, they're beautiful. San Diego's beautiful. It, it's beautiful, but it's changing. I wouldn't but, call but, it family but telling, friendly. But telling me that Fremont and San Francisco, I've been to both. Like, I, I'm sorry. Like, that's that's like. San Francisco, you walk around and you don't feel safe. Like mm-hmm. you cannot tell me that people feel safe with their kids walking around San Francisco. Give me a break. Anyway, all right, I'm going to jump off my rant on that because <laughs> that just had me like, you've got to be kidding me with this list. So you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. When we aren't on air, make sure to follow us at all of our socials at the Duncan Duo, um, Twitter, 
Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube, TikTok, all of the socials at the Duncan Duo when we are on air. And if you want a free home value estimate, DuncanDuo.com. Again, that's DuncanDuo.com. You get a free monthly report about your home's value. You can know up to date what's going on in the market. You can get an instant cash offer through that portal. And you can also communicate with a human that can make adjustments to your home's value so you can really know what's going on with your value instead of just looking at automated evaluation. Like we talked about in our first segment, the difference, you know, new school versus old school, it's kind of a combination of both. New school technology with an old school, um, you know, human connection. So hurricane season's upon us. I um, I had to have my generator, uh, some stuff with my generator uh, messed with recently because I, I lost power uh you know, on my house, like one night at a storm, lost it for about an hour. And I have a whole house generator. So it's a whole house. I do have a Generac. Generex uh, is a company that, that I, I bought it through locally. Good, great local company. But I, but I, but I'd had these modules that had to be replaced. Cause basically like the way it works with like certain generators is that like, there's certain things you don't really care to power. If you lose power, like I don't really need to power. Yeah. I have a sauna. I don't need to power my sauna if if there's a, a hurricane. Like I don't, I, I ain't worried about, you know, I'm worried about like surviving at that point, right? I don't need to power my pool pump if the street's flooded, you mm-hmm. know, like I'm not going to be using it. So there's there's this module that kind of kicks things off. Anyway, th- there was something wrong with them. They came out, they solved it, all was good. But it was a reminder for me that hurricane season's here. It's time to prep. It's time to plan. It's time to have your emergency kit. It's time to make sure and document the belongings in your house for insurance. It's time to get flood insurance if you don't have it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's time to double check your homeowner's insurance policy to make sure what you have is and isn't covered. Um, you know, and and flood insurance when it's not required, okay, is really cheap. Like if you you know, like if you look at New Orleans back during Katrina, the majority of the people did not have flood insurance and weren't required to have it. Storms don't like decide to miss a neighborhood. Because it isn't required for flood insurance. Flood insurance literally is the most archaic thing I've ever seen in terms of how they determine what you pay. It's purely based on elevation. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. You can have a really high elevation, be be right next to the water and get flooded like nothing. There are parts of Tampa that flood all the time because the drainage is bad or because just where they sit on the bay. Not in the flood zone. Not in the flood zone. Don't require flood insurance. And then there's areas in like... Odessa next to a lake that never floods, but the base elevation of the house is low, so they, it's it's the dumbest thing ever. Okay, so do not do not rely on that. It's the government that's telling you this. Okay, do not rely on the government to tell you whether you need flood insurance or not. Okay, like I'm sorry, just don't. Like if if you're not required to have it, we are an island basically. I mean, we're a peninsula. You know, like get flood insurance. It, it's very cheap, few hundred dollars a year if you don't. Um, you know, if you if you're not required to have it, uh, other things important this time of year. Again, the generator is a, is a big thing. Like looking into those. Way too many people wait until like the storm is on the horizon to go do all this stuff, and then everything's gone. Yep. You know, get your gone. water supply. Stock up on your COVID toilet paper. You know, you remember that, right? Yeah. <laughs> for how many people? Gone. Right, people are taking pictures. Like trade the stack of toilet paper for a Ferrari. I know what I got. You know, like. Toilet paper, people stocked up on. So get your toilet paper, get your water, get your get your you know get your supply kit, get your batteries, get your uh, you know your plywood if you need it, your storm shutters, all of those things. If you are the type that's worried about a storm, take care of all that stuff now because once the storm comes on the horizon, it's too late. You're not going to be able to get anything done. You can't get flood insurance then. 
You can't. You're not going to be able to go to Home Depot or Lowe's or buy anything because people are going to have already raided it. Um, so now is definitely the time to start thinking about those things. We're in it for the next few months. And uh, yeah, how long know. is it? Typically, I, I think the biggest peak time is now through like um, October. Um, but but realistically, um, you know, it, it it seems to have been more rampant the last few years, like a little bit later into the summer, yeah. it starts to pick up more. So July now is time. like the time. Yeah. Like now's the time to like prep. You yeah. Know? And, to, and to keep in mind on that with your insurance, the flood, that's a great point. Even if it's a week away, you're not going to get coverage on insurance. As soon as they say there's a potential for a hurricane, a lot of insurance companies just cancel it. So if it's something you're thinking about, definitely get that done. Look at it now. Like Andrew said, I mean, it could be as little as 300 bucks a year. Yeah, it it, it really, it's it's amazing to me that more people don't take advantage of it. I think another thing about the, um, you know, kind of the hurricane season being upon us, people buying and selling real estate. It, it will throw a wrench in things. If we have a named storm, even if this named storm is headed for, you know, uh, South Carolina, if it's headed for Myrtle Beach, right? But it's out there. Forget it. You're not you're you're not yeah. getting insurance if you haven't bound. You're not getting flood. You're not closing. Okay. So if you're buying and selling during hurricane season, there's a portion of the contract that actually deals with this. It's called Force Majeure that talks about what ends up happening if some of this stuff happens. But Get your stuff lined up ahead of time. If you can bind insurance and there's no name storm, bind the insurance. Okay. If you can, um, you know, get your flood policy set up, do it uh, because it ends up changing things. Um, it can cause closing delays. Buying and selling during hurricane season, I always tell people the closing date's a target or a goal. If there's a storm, sometimes that loan can get delayed several days because they want to look at the house. They don't. They want to inspect it. I mean, look, we had what was it? You know, a year and a half ago. Um, we had the big storm down a little south of us, right? Mm. It didn't even touch us, right? We got like some rain showers, but it wreaked havoc on our closings. Yeah, because the did. lender, the the person doing lender risk in New York doesn't understand, you know, Marco Island and how far it is from Tampa, and they just see it's on the map. And then they're, you know, we didn't even get a rainstorm, but they're making sure to do a reinspect and they're delaying the closing. And oh. so just be prepared that. You know, you, hurricanes are going to cause a problem for real estate transactions this time of year. So, anyway, we're going to be back. We're going to continue our conversation. We're going to wrap up with our last segment. Um, make sure to follow us at the Duncan Duo. Go to DuncanDuo.com for your free home value estimate. Or if you simply want an instant cash offer, if you just want to sell and get out, we can help you with that as well uh, with the human element versus just the analytical side of things. So, again, that's at DuncanDuo.com. And, um, or you can call us. Look, we're happy to talk to you. 813-359-8990. Again, that's 813-359-8990. We'll be back after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. We did old school, new school uh, already. We did uh, hurricane prep. Talk to Always a good uh, one. You know, like making sure people are aware about flood insurance and what happens with real estate transactions during um, hurricane season. Um, the, the thing I want to talk about now is Real estate agents, Josh. <laughs> real estate agents. Where, right where now. are we going with this? Uh, I'm sure you have the pleasure of dealing with this too, um, but there are a lot of real estate agents that really weren't trained how to handle a market like this. Oh yeah, and and there are a lot of real estate companies that kind of grew up during this this crazy time when interest rates are two and three percent. They really didn't have to train their people. There are a lot of real estate agents out there right now that are not trained 
and don't know what they're doing in a market like this. I'd say don't get it is a good way to put it. They just yeah, don't get yeah. it. And, and they got into the business at a time when it was a lot easier and now it's a little harder. And so I just I just have to tell people like there's all the time that when I'm dealing with real estate agents, it happens all the time where I feel sorry for their client. Be very cautious about who you're picking, guys. Like, uh, again, a year or two ago, you know, the, the way transactions were happening, the, the ease of money, the ease of the flow, um, you know, the ease of getting, you know, stuff done. It's just changed so much. Yeah. And if you're going with somebody that hasn't been properly trained, uh, you're you're going to have problems. And, and so, uh, you know, I'm proud of our training program. If you are a real estate agent and you feel that and you feel like you're one of those people that hasn't been trained and you're at a company that really doesn't know how to do it in today's market and you're not succeeding, go to jointheduo.com. We have a career night. We do it the second Tuesday of every month. Um, again, jointheduo.com. And uh, we're happy to, um, you know, set you up. Um, we, we do a lot of training. We do really intensive training. And, um, you know, I think that a lot of people don't understand how much it does take to get trained to be a real estate agent, to be a successful real estate agent. Does that make sense to you? It does. And I I can attest to it with your office. For example, Don, that I work very closely with. I mean, that guy gets it. Yes. He really just instills into your agents like, this is how you do it. This is how we're going to do it. 100%. He's great. Yeah. And I think that... Um, again, there are a massive amount of people that don't understand, um, how much goes into training real estate agents, you know, like what they have to know and what they have to stay up to date on. I mean, how often do lending standards and guidelines change at lenders consistently? I mean, all the time, like the stuff we have to stay up on, it, it is, you know, amazingly challenging, you know, to stay up with all of those things. And, and I think people just don't understand um, the complications that go along with it. And people get into it and they say, um, you know, they get into it and they don't realize the complications and they think, oh, my friend's doing great because I see him on Instagram and they're posting, you know, driving a cool car. And now that's what I'm going to go do. But they don't realize the work that goes on behind the scenes, just mm-hmm. like your business. Yeah. How much work goes on behind the scenes, right? Yeah. Said duck on the pond, right? The feet are moving a mile a second and it looks calm on the top. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes for sure. Yeah, and I think that um, the the market is ripe for evolution and change, but the agents that, that have gotten in the last couple of years are just set up for failure. That's why I think a lot of agents getting in right now are actually really well positioned because they don't have all the bad habits from a year or two ago. Like I have people all the time say, hey um, – I'm thinking about getting into the real estate market, but I hear it's bad. Should I get in? If you have the right work ethic, yes, you should. If you are if you have the right work ethic, yes, you should. And yes, you should join the right company because I think 90% of the failures are because people go to the wrong company. They don't do their due diligence. They go to a company that offers something cheaply. They look at it and they go on price. Oh, they're cheap. And then you get what you pay for. They give me all of the commission. Okay, but 100% is zero, zero. You don't even know how to sell a house. How are you going get, to get business? They give you 100% of the commission, but how does that really matter to you if you can't actually, no one teaches you how to generate the business? And why would they teach you how to generate the business if they're not making any money? Correct. They're getting 0%. How much do they have vested in your success? Zero. Zero. Right. They don't care. They're not going to have all these systems and tools and training because no, they, they can't afford them. They want, they're, they want their flat They're getting fee. zero. Yeah, they want correct. a couple hundred bucks and, you know, like that's it. So 
the other thing that I think, um, you know, that 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 has happened is there has been an, an evolution of more youth coming into real estate. And I actually like that. Um, I like it as long as people are coming in with the right work ethic. Um, when I got into the business, I was 20, I was like 26. And I was the youngest person in my office and I felt super intimidated that everybody was older. Now, there are agents out there in their 20s killing it. Killing it. Like absolutely killing it. Have the right work ethic um, and, and killing it, right? The key though is, it's the work ethic, um, it's the training and the coaching, and it's and it's still though keeping that personal old school approach. You can do all the cool tech things you want, but you got to be able to have conversations with people. You got to be able to help them go from point A to point B. And there are a lot of people that don't have those interpersonal skills. The downside of the new age of people getting into it is a lot of kids don't have interpersonal verbal communication skills because all they've done is text and Snapchat and and social media. They don't have great communication skills because they just haven't really had to communicate verbally with people. Mm-hmm. That's where I think the weakness is for some of the new, the younger real estate agents is not having that extemporaneous ability to have conversations with people. So anyway, hopefully you've enjoyed all these new school, old school. And like I said, if you are an agent, if you're thinking about becoming an agent, go to jointheduo.com. You can register for our career night. You can apply for one of our open positions. Um, and and so much more. Again, that is jointheduo.com. Career Nights, the second Tuesday of each month. We're always looking to add talent to our team. We're growing massively. We've actually grown our advertising budget this year when so many people are scaling back. We're in growth mode. We're, we're, not, we're not in retreat mode. We're in advanced mode. So if you want to be a part of a company like that with some awesome training, again, jointheduo.com. And um, thank you for tuning in and hope you have an awesome rest of your Sunday, Tampa Bay.